0: steps. Thank you for gathering us in your sanctuary. Thank you for choosing us and causing us to approach you. For blessed are they whom the Lord chooses and causes to approach. We count ourselves blessed to be here tonight. Therefore speak to us and minister grace upon our lives. We thank you in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Beautiful. Well, since it's a church, I'm sure you have your Bible. Those of you who don't have Bibles, you can look up the screen. As is custom. Many people don't come to church with their Bibles. Some people even have phones that they can have Bibles, but they still don't have them. What a shock. This evening and tomorrow evening, I'm going to share on a subject... That is a blessing to me, and it is in the form of a question. The title of the message is a question because if you don't ask questions from the Lord, or of the Lord, sometimes you will not be challenged into doing well. If you get to a place in your life where you feel that you are okay, you become complacent and you don't add anything to your life. You don't learn anything. You don't grow. You don't mature. It is as if you have peaked. But you see, in life, we should never get to the point where we feel that it is okay. It is time to rest. It is never a time to rest as long as we live on this earth. Because Jesus told us, you see, the adversary, the devil, he goeth about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't care where you have reached in life. He's always coming after you. So we should also be relentless and never give up. It is a fight till the end. That's why Paul gave a testimony and said, I have fought a good fight. Because it is always a fight. Life is a fight. And if we have that understanding, we will always, when you get to a point where you feel that you've done much, you still have to ask yourself what else is there to be done? So tonight, given the theme of these uh, of the convention this week, I am going to teach on a subject which is a question, and the title is "Can't You Do a Little Bit More?" Yeah, it's a question, but it's also a uh, the title of the message. Can't you do? a little bit more. You know, if you are a Christian and you, 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 you've been around and you've been visiting other churches, maybe through programs, through funerals, through marriages, through other things, one of the things that you will know if you are a member of this church is that your church is a blessed church. You see, I'm not getting an amen from you. I don't know whether you are in the house or you are Somewhere else. Yeah. I know that this place is a blessed place. And you see, when you see a church like this, there is a story behind it. When you see people also feeling the church, there is yet more another story behind it. And when you see lives being transformed, and people belonging and being like a family in the church, there is equally another story behind it. And tonight, I am believing God that what I'm going to share will bring to light these three things. And I believe that it will be a blessing to our lives. You see, a Christian is a Christian for a reason. A Christian, God did not come to, well, Jesus didn't come to die for us so that we can marry or have money, build houses, get university degrees, and what else? Travel to America, go to holidays where? In Dubai. Yeah. Name the things. All of you have dreams. So, don't be quiet. I I want to preach with everybody here. Because every single person aspires to something. And those things are not wrong. Because if you also don't have a dream and a vision in life, sometimes you, you, you also do little. So, these things, it gives life to and meaning to what we also have to achieve on earth. You see, but that is not the purpose of the church. If you are organizing, or if there's a funeral in the church, you see that a lot of people will come to the church. Or if there's a wedding, you see people coming, dressing nice. Yeah. Painting their face. Spending a lot of time to paint their face. Yeah. Just to come to the church. Yeah. And when they come and they go, they won't come back again. But you see, the church was not built for that purpose. And we who are sons and daughters who have been begotten of the blood of Jesus, whose lives have been purchased by the precious blood, must have a different mind. And if we don't have that mind, then we also are not different from those who don't believe and just walk in and out. Yeah. As a pastor who has pastored a church for many years, I am very sure, and you agree with me that, there are many people who are members of this church, but they are not here tonight. And these same members would have been here if it were to be a funeral or a wedding. But when it comes to things of the Lord, which we have all been called to, We should bring us together and bind us and give us a reason to fight and to celebrate our Lord. You see, that's when you really see the hearts of the people who call themselves children of God. But I believe that in the two nights that we have here, what I'm about to share will be a blessing to all of us. Genesis chapter 4. Let me read from verse 1. Okay, you have NIV. Me, I like in James. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, let it be on the board. I will, uh, on the screen, I will, I will read. They've changed it. Okay. I mean, be, be happy. I will read from my Bible. All right. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. And Bear came and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering... He had not respect. And Cain was very rough, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou rough? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain and the Lord said unto Cain where is Abel thy brother? And he said I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cast from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out of this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass, that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold." And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Hallelujah. Now, this is a story that we have all learned from our youthful days and childhood days. Cain and Abel. It's one of the classic stories in the Bible. When we read this story, it gives us a view into the life of Adam after his fall. Adam was driven out of the garden by God because he had fallen out of favor and he had sinned. And God had to drive him out because he said, if I don't drive him out, out, he will go ahead and eat the, uh, the tree of life and that he will live forever. It means his sins will live with him forever and God did not want the sin in the man to be with him forever. So he drove him out to prevent him from eating that fruit. That is why we die. But when he left, God was still faithful to him. The promise that God made to him to replenish the earth and to multiply began to manifest. So the Bible says, he and his wife gave birth to Cain and to Abel. And Cain was a farmer, and Abel was a shepherd. And these two children, we don't know what they learned from their father, what their father taught them about sacrifice, and why they felt that it was important and relevant to sacrifice. But we learned from the Bible that Cain came to the Lord, either voluntarily, or he was instructed, or he knew the purpose and the importance of giving the Lord a sacrifice. So he came to give a sacrifice to the Lord. But the Bible says that God did not accept his sacrifice. But his younger brother Abel also came and gave a sacrifice, and God accepted the sacrifice. And when Cain realized that his sacrifice had not been accepted, the Bible says his countenance fell. He was angry. He was upset. And God saw it. So God asked him, "What is wrong with you? Why have you? Why, why have you? Why is it that your face has changed? If." You do what is right. I will accept what you offered. But if you don't do it, sin is lying at your door. And it shall rule over you. So this instruction was a manifestation of God's love and God's readiness to accept his offering if he did the right thing. But you see, Cain, when he heard this instruction, he neither replied or said anything in response to the Lord. And what he did was, he just went to look for his brother. Who had offered a sacrifice and had been accepted by the Lord. And he called his brother outside, away from his father and his mother, into the fields. And instead of probably maybe asking him, Abel, Charlie, what did you give to the Lord? Or how did you give your sacrifice that God accepted it and mine was rejected? Teach me. That was not his mind. What he did... Was to take, what, whether it's a cutlass or a stone or a, 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 a stick or whatever. We don't know what it is. But he took a weapon. And he struck his brother. And he fell and died. Your only brother on earth. Yeah. Think about it. You see, that's the face of evil. What? Who was Cain? I mean, what? Why would he come to that point? What provoked him to to, to think that in in killing his brother, he is solving a problem. So that if his brother is not there, God will pay attention to him alone. I mean, I'm just trying to think why he would conjure such such a thought in his mind. That you you have a father and a mother and, and you have only one brother. On the face of the earth. And the two of you come before the Lord to offer a sacrifice. And the Lord rejects your sacrifice and tells you that, change your mind. Do better. And, and, and if your brother has offered a sacrifice and God has accepted it, why wouldn't you learn from him? Or why wouldn't you ask God, what should I do to be accepted? Because, you see, the question is, what was the motivation, first of all, for the sacrifice? And why did he become angry and upset and to go ahead and not to even think that I have to do something to be accepted by God. But rather, he went and called his brother into the fields and killed him. And when God came back and said, where is your brother? He, he asked God, "I mean, am I my brother's keeper? Then the Lord told him, the blood of your brother, it is crying from the earth. And because of what you have done, a fugitive, you will run away. And a vagabond, a stubborn boy, will you be on the face of the earth? And at that punishment and the curse, he responded. But when he was corrected to do the right thing, he didn't respond. He responded and he, he said, "Eh, You are sucking me. You are driving me now, away. So that when I go, people will kill me. Which people? And it's like that is the only thing that that caught his attention: the punishment. But when he was corrected, it didn't catch his attention to say that no. Let me let me do what is accepted by God. Let me let me be pleasing to him. You see, that spirit that Cain has, it hasn't died. And there are many such children in the church today. You know, I believe that these two children knew and understood the importance of offering a sacrifice. That is why they gave a sacrifice. Many people sometimes who are even unbelievers, they know the power that comes from sacrifices. Yeah. And and sometimes you'll be surprised that people who are supposed to know better and to understand the place of sacrifice, they are the ones who struggle to understand and even comprehend what it means to sacrifice. So many Christians live their lives without any form of sacrifice at all. You see, the church That we have. When you see a building, what you are seeing is sacrifice. This thing that is here. It is sacrifice. Every sacrifice represents your work. And sacrifice represents your reverence. Your value that you place in God. Anybody who sits in this church, as a member of the church, you must, you must have something that gives, gives, gives life to your work. There's something you must do that represents your work, your labor for the Lord. And that is what the sacrifice is. Then also, there is a place of reverence. There are things you do that show that you have respect for God. Because when you are bringing a sacrifice to somebody, it means you respect the person. You place value on the person. And these children knew that apart from their father and their mother, there was a God who was there from the beginning. And even if their father and their mother had fallen out of favor, they still had the opportunity to have a better relationship with the Lord God Almighty. And that is why they came. Yeah. So, think of it. If this is the motivation, and I believe this is it. Yeah. They knew it. And if this is the reason why they came to give a sacrifice and came, you gave whatever it is. You know, sometimes people say that he gave vegetables. God doesn't like vegetables. God likes uh, sheep with oil. So that when you are burning it and the smell is going up, I mean... I mean uh, remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, I, I, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Yeah. God is not interested in our sacrifices per se. But you see, what it is is that a sacrifice also represents the kind of value you place on the relationship that you have with God. When you see somebody who has built a church, or when you see a church, you see it is a representation of the heart of the people who believe in a God. Yeah. It is the heart of the people. who That's what it is. So, any place where a, a building has been erected in the name of the Lord, it represents sacrifice from people who believe. And without that foundation, we can't advance the kingdom. Yeah. Sacrifice is very important and in the life of jesus you will see it that he he came and offered himself for god so loved the world you and i in our sinful nature that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish now the giving was not just a a, a visitation it meant he was coming to die god gave a sacrifice to to get us back into the relationship so, we can't be in a church and take away sacrifice. No! The moment we stop sacrificing, the church begins to die. And everybody who is here must understand the place of sacrifice in our lives. If we don't understand it, that is it. If you follow this, this story, you will see a heart that appeared to love God. And was expecting something from God because anytime somebody offers a sacrifice, the person has expectations. The reason why sometimes even unbelievers and wicked people give sacrifices is because they have expectations. They want something back and they know that when they offer the sacrifice, whether it's an animal blood, whether it is money, whether it is whatever it is that they offer, they know that there is something they get in return. Now if you, if you expect God, To bless your life, and you've offered a sacrifice, and God Himself comes to you and says that look, what you gave is not acceptable. Change it. Let me come and give a better one. And if you if you don't change your mind, sin is lying at your door. He has warned you because he loves you. Your sacrifice is supposed to release power into your life, and so if it didn't work out of his love, he has come to correct you. But look at Cain what he did. He didn't respond. He didn't change his mind. He didn't humble himself. And he went ahead and killed his only brother. Sacrifice. If the church was laid on the altar of sacrifice and built on sacrifice, we can't also continue without making sacrifices. Because see, Many people come to church, they call themselves Christians, and they offer themselves to do things, but sometimes when you even correct them, they do things that you see. The church cannot be the church cannot be allowed to be run by the way you think. Cain came with a mind. This is what I have. Accept it. If you don't accept it, I am angry. The brothers offering that you have accepted, I'm going to kill him. And that is what he did. You see, we cannot build the church based on how we think. There is a pattern and an order that God has set. So sometimes when you come to the church, it is, today God will not speak to you. He will speak to your pastor. He will speak through your pastor. He will instruct you. Many people become offended when they are corrected. And we, we came to the church. We say we want to join the choir. And if they say that this kind of songs they don't like it, then I don't see why I should join the choir. People come any time you are offering a sacrifice. Remember that you are offering it because you have reverence. And if you are corrected, it is not it is it is not because you are hated. It is because you you can do better. And God, by His standards, He wants His children to always do better. And so, when you do something that is wrong, He corrects you. In in in, in Revelation three nineteen, Jesus Christ said, "As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten." I mean, a rebuke and punishment is not a a, a sign of evil in the heart of God. It's a sign of love. Yeah. And if this church, out of this beautiful auditorium, can go to places, can have members, can build and advance the kingdom and win. Because that's why the church, the blood of Christ was shed on this earth. For the church. It is not for our marriages and our weddings and our whatever it is that it is. No. So sacrifice is number one. Then number two is obedience. When when you read the story, you see that even though Cain came forward to offer a sacrifice and God said, no, what you did was not right. So do better and I will accept it. There was no heart to obey. Obedience is a manifestation of our calling. Many people are in the church, they don't obey. They cannot be instructed. They do things the way they want. They they are offended when you correct them. And you see, if the church will be relevant, and the church can go to places... We must be obedient. It is obedience that fills the house of God. It is when you see people gathered and sitting. It is because people are obeying. People are responding. Yeah, that's the, that's the church. And then the last one is love. He, he didn't have love in his heart at all. I mean, your only brother, and nothing moves you to even say that. Okay, if God has not accepted me, I'm just. I will not give any sacrifice again. But you decide that, let me kill this brother. So that there will be nobody to offer this sacrifice to you, God. You say you want my brother's sacrifice, not mine. Some people, when they are corrected, they misinterpret the correction. Because if you have not misunderstood what God said, this is not the action that he should take. But you can see that there was evil in his heart. Cain was an evil son. But you see, even though he did wrong and God punished him, God also gave him a covering that as you are going, nobody will touch you. I'm giving you a mark. And anybody who touches you, that person will suffer punishment seven times. That was God's covering. So you can see that from the onset, there was nothing like God rejecting him. No. God was correcting him. There are many of us in the church who sometimes find it difficult to respond to God in the proper way. We don't offer any sacrifice. We do nothing. We, 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 we give nothing. We don't obey anything. We don't, we don't open our hearts. We can't love people and we are destroying the church. Because you see, if we have to go out and win souls, if we have to go out and take territories and lands, this is the foundation of the church and it shouldn't die. It shouldn't be diluted. It should continue. If we change it, the work cannot progress. Yeah. So when people come into the church and, and they sense divisions, fightings, envies, it is almost like, look, my workplace environment and the church, there is no difference. Yeah. I mean, I've come to check that this one doesn't talk to this one. This one is saying bad things about this one. This one is this. There is no love among the brethren. Ah, no, it, it, it cannot be. If we have to carry this mantle and the mandate of God into other homes and other lands and wind souls, something must begin in our home. We must we must lay a certain foundation. You know, many of us who are around, we can see. I am yet to see a mosque in this country that is in a rented place. The mosque is renting a place to pray. Do you know any mosque that rents a place to pray? Lift up your hands. Yeah, Everywhere they pray, they own it. And there is nothing like maybe there's a mosque in Pipeline and they've raised money and they've built another mosque in Tujeren or or, or, Canifin, or they don't do that but they advance but you see when we who are believers who carry a certain power have to build if we don't raise funds If we don't look for money, if we don't beg our members, we can't buy the land. We can't lay the foundation. We can't build a church. That's why many churches are renting places. Because the one who says he's a believer, when he builds his house, even a room to pray, he will not build it. How much more to open a room up and say that the people in the community come and pray in this place. But you see the Muslims, they have built their homes and they've demarcated abortion and given it to the community as a mosque. Hey! Then you are here criticizing them. There are sacrifices. Even evil people, when they give sacrifices, they have power. When they offer sacrifices, you see that there is there is a tangible blessing. There is something in their lives. Because there are things that God has set on the earth. If you have land, whether you are an unbeliever or whatever, and that land, you are a Christian, you have bought land. An unbeliever has bought land. If you go and stand on your land and you pray and fast, and you don't clear the land, you don't plant a seed, then the unbeliever goes to clear his land, plants seeds, waters it, uh, Nurture it. When there is harvest, you have nothing. Do you know why? Because if God is not the wicked God. Oh, he makes His rain fall on both the good and the wicked. So when you give a sacrifice, there is something that God does for you. Because see, you know, blessed be the God of Shem. They believe in their God. If you, you can fight and argue with them, but what they believe in, they lay their sacrifices and they give reverence. But Christians are not like that. I'm yet to see. see. If you are a member of this church. And your family has lands. At least give some to the church. In your lifetime. Or some of you. You can buy the land and say. Pastor take it. That's your sacrifice. It shows how how you love God. Yeah. Because. When we have it. When we have it. It, it is like. you see When God promised uh, 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 Abraham. To become a, 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 a father of many nations. What underlined the promise? He, the first thing he said to him was, Move from your kindred and go to a land, which I show you. No Google map, no name, no destination, no location shared. The promise was land. you know why? Because if God has to establish his covenant, brother, you need a land. You need a base. You need to have a representation. You need to have a place where you call your home. Which belongs to you. And we who say we believe. We must lay that foundation right here. We should have churches. Anywhere that pastor wants to start a church. You should be interested. Some of you should. uh, Pastor you say you want to go where? They don't have land. They don't have this. Some of you should give lands. And when you give the land. the church will go there. Because he the winning of souls is not only by going by the streets and everyday talking come to church, come to my church uh, uh, come and uh, join the crowd, come and do this I mean, you see we are happy that people have come to church but our hands are in our pockets when we are going to marry we will pay the photographer we will pay the the caterer, we will pay the uh, decorator, we will pay who else? Uh, you event planner. Yeah, but the pastor who officiated the wedding, even one dollar see, they will give it to you. Yeah. When I was going to marry, my wife had a friend, professional photographer, or videographer, whatever. Yeah, he did video. He the videos professional guy. He does music videos for people. He charges a lot, but he did it to us for free. Did he charge? He didn't charge us. Up to today, I have not watched that video before. Many of you, you you go and pay a cameraman, 10,000, 15,000 dollars. He will come wear his boxer shorts. He doesn't respect the church. He wears his dirty shorts, his dirty shirts, and he's wearing slippers, standing in the church, taking pictures taking pictures in the church like that collect your money and he insult you when he gives you the video do you watch it? what do you do with it? national archives, it is there it's there, but you have paid him but you won't say that pastor collect 15,000 to buy land it's like hey 15,000, you have given it to a photographer the guy, the church has been built look at this beautiful church you will go and pay another decorator he will come and put balloon here he will come and put ribbon here he will come and put sash here you he will put this here, put this here, put this here then you give him 20,000 then you go to the reception grounds then go and decorate your table go and decorate a chair that you will sit on like a king and a queen then they will collect your money but you will never say pastor I want to give you 20,000 to buy land. I want to give you 20,000 for the work of the ministry. It has never occurred to you before. Yeah. We don't understand what the sacrifice is. You see, God, eh, he's moved by the things that we give. Look at Solomon, 20-year-old boy. He was chosen to be a king. His brothers were were were, were fighting for the position. Adonijah had gone ahead to announce that he is the king. David was dying. They knew that Chalé Daddy can't fight, so they were jostling for the leadership. But David said, "This is the one that God has chosen, and he must stand in my stead." And what did he do? He did not. He didn't know how to fight and to contend with those brothers. All he did was go to the Lord and offered burnt sacrifices, thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. And that very night, the Lord appeared to him and said, hey, what you have done? Nobody has done it on earth. God remembered Cain. How Cain couldn't give a good offering and he loved him and said, give a good offering. But he didn't listen. But he saw somebody who came and without any teaching, he offered. You see, David was anointed, but he never gave that level of sacrifice for God to appear to him and ask him, what do you want me to do for you? And that night when God appeared to him he said <laughs> I want wisdom I want understanding and the Lord said you didn't ask for the hand of your enemies because he had enemies hey! he had people who wanted to kill him he had people who were hating him and it is the Lord, because of the sacrifice, the Lord rose up and said, because you didn't ask me for your enemies, and you asked me for wisdom and understanding, I will give your enemies to you, and I will make you rich, and your wisdom, it shall not measure to anybody who will be on earth after you. Yeah, that's the power of the sacrifice. We have to beg you. When we are collecting the money, you look at us, eh, we want money, we want money. Go and see Muslims who build... Buy land, build mosques, and dash it. That's why our sisters can't marry in the church. They go and look for Musa. They go and look for Bubaka. They go and look for Bojan. They go and look for Babuka. Because yeah. sometimes even the Christian brothers, they, they, you see, the understanding of giving is not in their spirit. Yeah. Iron fist. see the church has power and the power is not only walking to people and witnessing to them and bringing them to church the the, the power is also by laying sacrifices and raising altars building buildings raising buy lands doing things that make people see that you are serious there are some communities if you buy land and you even build 10 by 10 you'll be respected you'll see that people are walking in People feel that you have come to stay. But you are, you are in a small room where they used to smoke weed. Where they used to play, uh, 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 what do they call it? They used to gamble. They used to watch video. Uh-huh, then you are going to rent it and painted it. You call it a church. They don't respect you. Because what they know as a place of God is a sanctuary where we don't do some things. You can't convert an evil place into a godly place. No. Raise it from the ground and lift it to the name of the Lord. If we, our generation, we don't understand it. You see, our fathers who say they are Christians, they don't give to the church. They don't give sacrifice. They didn't raise us. I'm telling you. And if we don't understand it, we can pray and call ourselves Christians and marry in the church and be and die and be buried in the church. But there's no power in our midst. Because you know what? Without sacrifices, you can't have power. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you in this church, go to pastor. Pastor, I want to give you 20,000. I want to give you 15,000. I want to give you land. Because the gospel is preached when people support it. Yeah. Do you know what it means to, for him to be traveling? the reason why I love him, he has a certain heart yeah, he goes to places you know where he has come from it's not money that he's looking for it's a a heart for God for people and and he can stand here and preach powerfully and you are blessed, you are sitting here but there are souls somewhere who don't know who have to experience the power and if he goes and goes to talk and comes back they are sitting in the sand, they are sitting under trees when it rains they can't meet And you are here, you are chilling. You have a nice, but even to come here, you have to be called, you have to be carried, you have to be put in a bus. Eh? You don't understand it. We should shame the enemy by the level of sacrifices we give in this church. I say to you, a sacrifice is a manifestation of your reverence for God. It also represents the work that you do. Yeah. You say you love God. Show me your works. Show me your works. We don't know how to stand by the gospel and support it. You see, in the in the in the early church, this is not old testament teaching. It is both old and new. In the early church, what happened to the disciples after the Holy Ghost fell on them? Many people were converted. And you know what happened to them? Without anybody saying it, the Bible says, as many had lands and houses, they sold them and laid it at the apostles' feet so that the apostles would give and share. Yeah. Yeah. The gospel needs support. It needs money. Sometimes you see a powerful pastor; God has anointed him, but the people who are around him they don't understand sacrifice. They don't. They, they, I mean, some people are coming to churches like as if they are doing the church, the pastor a favor. Yeah. Cain, irrespective of what you think and see about him, he sat down and realized that if I give God a sacrifice. I will get something. He had an expectation. But you see, because of the evil in his heart, he couldn't also humble himself. That's not the example you want to follow. We are learning from that mistake that if God wants us to be blessed, he demands a sacrifice. And if you do something for God and he says he doesn't like it and do better, humble yourself. Listen to instructions. God has raised... You see, today God has not speak to some of you. I mean, have you had a vision that God spoke to you? Did you wake up and hear God speaking to you? He will speak through his word. He will give instructions through the man of God. Yeah, that's that's your connection. If we don't understand this very basic and simple level of relationship with the Lord, then we can't move into obedience and into love. No. We cannot. Sacrifice is What gives us power? Philippians chapter 2. I'm ending with this. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Paul is talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. If Cain knew this wisdom, he would never have envied his brother. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things. We are selfish. You see, one of the killers of sacrifice is selfishness. You only think about yourself. Do you know why your pastor is here? He's not, if he's looking for money, he won't come here. Here yeah, we don't look for money. The heart for God. And when you see somebody who comes to you in the name of the Lord, you, when you read the Old Testament, you see, when people are going to see their prophets, they always go with an offering. <laughs> Even Saul, who was not a believer, when his father's asses got missing and he was going with one of the servants, he was told that, you need to go with something to the man of God, the seer, so that he would, I mean, it's like a thanksgiving, lay down a sacrifice before you go and make your request. So they understood that principle and the Jews have gone with that thing up to today. They support the work of God so much. They don't struggle in paying type, They don't struggle in, in, in the, you see, there's something called a temple institute. They are, they have raised money to restore the solo, Solomon's temple. And you know the billions of money that they have. The day Israel possesses the land where the mosque is, where Solomon built the temple, I'm telling you, they will build the the temple and restore it in glory. That's what they are waiting for. Because they have the money. It's the land. They say that land, that's where God gave to us. So we are waiting, we have money to build it. Hey. And they give consistently. But we are selfish. We are selfish. We don't think about anybody but ourselves. But you see, when you think about yourself, you also don't advance. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the other things, on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, fought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Yes. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Do you know what it means? He, he gave the ultimate sacrifice, his life. The Bible says, "Present your bodies as a living sacrifice." You see, you are mimicking Christ when you when you say you believe, and when you say you are a believer, and, and you have to be trained and 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 taught and 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 encouraged to to to, to serve God. <laughs> then I'm questioning your your belief system. It is an automatic response to the power of the blood upon your life. When you understand what God has done for you, you respond. When I became a no, nobody ever followed me from two, uh, 1998 when I became serious with the Lord and then in 2000 a branch was started in where I lived and I joined that branch of Lighthouse and from that day to 2018 that I came to Gambia ha! no pastor has followed me I understood that my body is a living sacrifice yeah I come to church i join things i give my time i give my intellect i'm not looking only for money i'm not looking only after my wife or my children or my business i am after the things of god yeah because i understand the place and the purpose of sacrifice sometimes you give money sometimes you give your body some of you don't have the the, the money today but your body the choir you must have you see your friends should be in the qua. young people if they are not in the choir, you see them going to see the Gambia. You see them roaming around. You see them, they, they, don't, they won't learn Christian songs. They won't come for fellowship. They won't grow in the Lord. Their bodies are being used by other people. Because it's not a sacrifice. You have not offered it to the Lord. And when you don't offer something to the Lord, then enemy takes over. Anything that is not sacrificed to the Lord, the enemy takes over. Because there's nothing like a vacuum. Fathers, your children must be brought to church. They must be brought to church. Don't only pay school fees and force them to go to school. Yeah. It is the church. It is the foundation. You see, train up a child the way he should go. And when he's grown, he will not depart from it. Many of us, when we're growing, our parents brought us up in the Lord. But Even though we backslided and went into things, we still found our way. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, because there is something about the Lord. Something about the Lord. How come somebody. Your pastor should not struggle with you. Tell your friends who don't come to church, who have to be called, who are offended. It is evil sons and daughters who get offended in God. Just imagine what God told King. There are people that we we, we correct when they do wrong and and they leave us and what they say you will think that we are evil people. I had a guy in my church. We had a, a, a home cell meeting in his home. And for three months, when, when we do the home sale meetings, we take offerings. And we had a, a, a younger person who was the shepherd of the home sale meeting because he was the owner of the house. The guy, for some reason, collects the offerings and gives it to him to come and give to us. For three months, the money didn't come. So one day we had a meeting we were we assessing. Then we realized, ah, there are gaps here. Where is the money? Oh, I've been giving it to this brother. Okay, so I called the brother. Charlie, how are you? I mean, this call was not done publicly. It was done after the meeting, quietly me and him. Look, this is what we discovered. So we realized that uh, the, the brother says that you have not been bringing the money. Where is the money? Oh, pastor, okay. It's true. I mean, I, I kept it, but it's there, so I'll bring it. Okay, I'm waiting for you. That was the end. Money didn't come. He too, he won't come. So, so I, I just realized that he, he, he feels that, you know, he, I'm, I'm after the money. So, he, he would dodge me. No, it's not the money. I called him. I said, come. It's not the money. If you have chopped the money, just next time you won't, don't do that mistake. Come. I followed him. And he didn't come. He stopped. One day, another person saw him after he had left the church. Ah, but we don't see you in the church. Hey, do you know what he said? <laughs> With well, that church, I have stopped. Because if I'm in that church, I'll go to hell. Evil sons. Sometimes people do things to spoil the church, to affect the fellowship, and when you correct them, eh, quietly, they stand publicly and shame you. You see, Cain's response to God, it's an example of an evil son. God showed him love. God was not keen on punishing him. God asked him, where's your brother? Then look at his pride. Am I my brother's keeper? You don't respect how do you say it in Wolof? How do you say you don't respect in Wolof? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't respect. Don't respect. Then you have the net to stand and, and say that eh, uh, you there when you get up, only punishment, punishment, Keskes. He remembered what God said to his father he said that he has come again. Only keskes, driving people out because you drove my father out. So you are come to be that's the mind of an evil son. Yeah. He has learned evil things. God is not an evil God. What see? That's why he told Abraham, my covenant is not only with you. It is with your children and your children up to today. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And in him we are blessed. That's why in Galatians chapter 3 verse 30 the Bible says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For curse is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through the promise of the Spirit. He came to shed his blood so that the promise that God made to Abraham we will be partakers by blood he's not a wicked God he sought to bless Adam from the beginning but he did wrong and he was punished and the same thing came to Cain and he did wrong and God corrected him even his own it was murder. God said change because what you have done evil is coming so change and I will accept you then his rebellion came Don't spoil the church. If you won't build the church, don't spoil it. Don't spoil our name. Don't don't fight the things of God. Don't spoil the family. Yeah. When you follow, see, when you are in a church and you have bought all the drums and all the mics and you have put tiles on the floor and you hear a foolish boy who doesn't give anything talking about the pastor, you will be angry. Because when you have given and you have been blessed, you will know that this man, God is with him. Then you see somebody who has not done anything, who talks proudly and destroys the church and says bad things. But you see some of you, because you don't give and you don't stand by the man of God, when you hear foolish people talking, hey, it's true. What you are saying is true. What you are saying is true. And this church, hmm, we have to take our time. You see, the pastor must be helped to preach. He must be helped to win souls. And the helps vary. Those of you who sing, you are also helpers of the joy of the house. Because music is the spirit of God. Some of you can be ashes. Anything you do as a living sacrifice, God looks upon it so that your labor is honored. God, he's seeking to bless you. Yeah. He's seeking to bless us. He's not seeking for a curse. From the onset, he's seeking to bless. That's why he told Abraham, you are a blessing, and anyone who blesses you will be blessed. But anyone who curses you shall be cursed. God is the one who fights our battle. If this church will continue from where we have been laboring and grow and go into other homes and go into other towns and reach souls, you are a partaker of it. Don't leave the work for somebody. Don't criticize. Don't say evil things. Don't disobey. Don't walk out of love. Let's be bound together by the common things that we believe in. You see, when you see mature people who understand giving, they they, they, they hold the church. Sometimes you feel that they are even proud because of their giving, but they know that what they gave and what they have been given has brought a blessing into their lives. So they defend the church, they defend the name of the Lord. But those of you don't hear anything, that's why you speak the way you speak. Yeah. I see people in this church changing. And becoming sacrificial. You will be around when you are needed. You will give. I say go to your pastor. I'm charging you. Go to him. Those of you who are going to get married. I say Musa will come and give you a bill for your uh, uh, for photography. Yeah. Then you are walking around. Uh, this is my. Uh, you see, somebody was going to do a wedding. Then they went to a shop. And listed the things that they want. Do you understand? An expensive shop. They listed the home appliances they want so the invitation comes with a list so they say that when you respond take the one that you will buy you see they are not ashamed though to raise funds for their comfort in their homes but when the man of god is saying we need chairs, we need instruments we need this we need it hey you see this so this offering that we have been giving what has he been doing with it what do you give The reason why he's asking is because you don't give. Some of you, if we follow you at the end of the year, our offering will be $1,000. Yeah. You say, write down every offering that you give on Sunday and calculate it at the end of the year. You see that you are giving $1,000 the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Father, help us. You birthed the church on the altar of sacrifice. And if we have been called to stand and to support this work, we cannot do differently. We cannot despise and take for granted the place of sacrifice amongst us. For that is where the power lies. Therefore, give us a heart and the spirit to stand by your servant, to raise the house, to lay sacrifices. That your name will be great in this land. Bless us. And give us increase. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father we thank you. For your grace in this place. And for your mercies. Let your glory. That is on the house. Be upon our lives. Preserve us. Deliver us from evil. Save us from the wicked. Save us from the flesh. And set our hearts. After your things. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor and a blessing. With Jesus' joy, I want to invite your pastor to come and take over. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.